welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. This is episode 38, and as always, I am Jack. It's just Calvin joining me this week as Charlie's a wee bit under the weather, so get well soon, Charlie. But Calvin, how are you, mate? I am doing fine, mate, doing fine. Uh, getting closer to Christmas now, it's going to be a bit more exciting day, so doing fine, mate. What about yourself? How are you? I'm fine, aye. Um, Christmas, at least Christmas is going to be more exciting than what's going on in the park right now at Easter Road, eh? So. Uh, yeah. What yeah, shirt are you wearing, mate? Hmm? What shirt are you wearing? Oh, this is, oh, well, here you go. This is a uh, Belarus home top from this year for the World Cup qualifying. Um, Smart. Belarus. Got, got it for Minsk. Only cost me 150 rubles, which is about 30 quid in our money. So, I, I know a lot of the listeners will be wondering what top that was as well. So, it's good you brought that up there. I get it on the Google. <laughs> exactly. So, just before we jump into reviewing the Motherwell game, and she's fine, thank you. I'll get that out of the way before you uh-huh. jump in. Um, we've got some news. So, myself and Calvin have got our tickets for the Women's Derby at Tynecastle secured. Remember, folks, tickets are free. They're available for collection from the club shop, or you can have them sent straight to your house. They are paper tickets. There's no digital tickets available. We'll be sat in the Roseburn stand. So, if you see me and Calvin at the game, don't be afraid to come up and say hello, um, we'll be more than happy to talk, get the game, and like I say, get yourselves along, get the kids along as well, free football, against Tarts, it's a derby, under the lights, so let's get along there and make as much noise for the girls as possible, because they deserve your support, so really looking forward to that, what about yourself Calvin? Mate, I really enjoyed the first fixture, uh, 3-0 to Hibs, um, was a good fixture, it was nice to see, because we go semi-regularly, uh, you go more often than I do, Jack. Um, it was nice to see other people getting behind it as well because we talk about it and go on about it and say, Ken, it's a good, it's a good day and whatever. But uh, I think it's really nice to see other people who experience it. Um, I know they've been on a bit of sticky, sticky patches of late, but the women's team, it's usually a bit different for the men. It's a nicer atmosphere, much more of a family feel. Uh, and the, the, you know if you're if you're got young girls or anything at home or whatever, honestly bring them along so they'll enjoy themselves. Uh, and the girls come over at the end of that, and they're very very thankful for for the support in that. So, no, um, get yourself down there. I do I do recommend. That. I'm looking forward to that one, mate. Looking forward to another wee date night with you. Uh, exactly. These will be getting jealous now, mate. Anyway, <laughs> um, we'll move on to the Motherwell review. So, of course, that was our one-one draw with. Motherwell or the Steel Men to avoid any silly jokes um, at Easter Road on Saturday. So our last meeting with the Steel Men was a 3-2 win at Fur Park. So what were your thoughts heading into the game, Calvin? Uh, I thought it would have been been a challenging match, but one that I thought we would have been able to overcome. I thought we would have won it. Um, Narrowly, that's why I said 2-1 in my prediction, because we're leaky. We leak goals at the back. We do do have a mistake in us, um, but we usually find a way out of it. No, no, as of late, but for me, it was a tight match the first time we played them up in uh, for Park. And that was the time Josh Doig was left to the squad, and that and there was a bit of turmoil around the the squad then. But they went behind and came back, um, and I, I thought felt fairly positive going into it. I mean, if you're no positive going into a match against Motherwell being a Hibs fan, then Ken, that, that that's when I think yeah, there are signs of troubled times, mind you. Quite a strong Motherwell team, but they're a bit of a yo-yo team, very inconsistent. Like one one week they're up, the next team they're the next week they're doing a good win during the week over Dundee United because Dundee United have been quite a good team this year. 
Uh, they've picked up some impressive wins. I mean, they turned us over 3-0. Mm-hmm. Um, they've beat a couple of other teams as well. And am I right in saying... I could be wrong. I can't mind the top top of my head because the only team I, I follow very closely is Hibs. Um, I think Motherwell perhaps beat Aberdeen 3-0 as well. Uh, or it could have been vice versa. Um, but they are they are quite a, a yo-yo team. Uh, one, uh, sorry, they beat Motherwell. Motherwell beat Aberdeen 2-0 a couple of weeks ago and they beat Hearts 2-0 as well. Yeah, exactly. Then, then they lose 3-0 to Dundee. Then they beat Dundee United 1-0. So... It's it's really quite up and down. It's quite hard to predict what they think. Uh, what how what the one after mate. I completely agree with what you're saying. I think obviously I went big. Um, I went bold saying Hibs would do it to give somebody a doing. But I was, you know, like Motherwell, you just don't know what version of them are gonna show up on the day. Because like you said, they're a very sort of yo-yo team, a very sort of inconsistent team. And I was sitting saying to you, and a lot of folk that have said it to as well have agreed with me, <clears> that Motherwell, if they were consistent with the squad they have, because they've got some good players like Big Mugabe, Van Veen, Tony Watt, that they'd be challenging for third if they could keep a bit of consistency. But they're a bit like us last season in that respect, I think. So I was like, it depends on what version of Motherwell show up. And... You know, so I was confident, but at the same time, it was like it could be a big win for us, or it could be very, very close. But I wasn't expecting us to drop points. Of course, we did. But you know, mm-hmm. any any Hibs fan that wasn't confident going into that game, you know, well, it turns out they were proved right. But you know, it, it was sort of it was a fixture we should have been confident for. So we'll move on, and of course, the team sheet came out. And what were your thoughts when you saw the starting eleven, Calvin? Uh, same again, I, I always predict the starting 11 on the Fan Hub app. Um, again, we're top of the leaderboard in that, the Strong Opinion Hubs podcast, which is great. It's quite, it's quite good if you're into it. Um, you go and you can get like an app credits and that and get like actual real money for getting things right. Um, but in my lineup, I got 11 players out of 11 correct, the exact same team as we played the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm a bit surprised that it was the same team. Um, just because of the amount of games we've been playing recently, I thought he might have tried to swap a few in and out. Like perhaps he might have put um Gullen up front. Um, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe Scotty Allen could have started. Um, but no, I I, I got the team bang on uh, with all my predictions. Uh, I was, I, I I'm not surprised because I think Jack Ross seems to quite like that team uh, that he put out. That seems to be his preferred eleven. Um, whereas, you know, a few subs, I thought, just because of the run of games, he could have probably gave gave a chance or gave a half or something. But uh, what was your thoughts, mate? you quite similar or were you surprised yeah, was, with anybody in there? I mean, I didn't want to be boring, but I, it was pretty much the same as you. You know, I think the three five two it's a system that works for us. I know a lot of people were concerned about that sort of set-up or shape against Motherwell at home, but I think the three five two works for us and we play our best football with 3-5-2 and everybody seems a bit more comfortable in that sort of setup. So for me, I was happy. I did say that Scott Allen should have started in that game and as we'll discuss later, it was a game that was crying out for Scott Allen and he came on far mm-hmm. too late for me, but we'll discuss that later on. So for me, I was pretty happy with um, the starting eleven. So we'll move on and sort of dissect the game a bit more. First half, Motherwell, to me, were the better side. They were marginally the better side I think ourselves, Hibs, we were looking very, very flat um, in that first half. We looked a bit of devoid of ideas at times. So what were your thoughts on that, Calvin? 
Mate, well, obviously we were sitting next to each other eh, through the game, so I was I was saying similar things to you, mate. I felt like it was a tough watch, man. That first half for me it was a tough watch. There wasn't much happening. Uh, there wasn't much happening. There wasn't much excitement. There wasn't much getting getting forward and getting at Motherwell. Sometimes it looked like Motherwell were the home team. Um, just with how comfortable Motherwell looked at times, I thought Motherwell could have been two or three up quite easily. Um, I don't think Hibbs done a great deal to sort of, you know, make make the Motherwell goalie work at all, or even the even the back four, the defensive line. For me, disappointing because every outball, the only idea we have got is give the ball to uh, Martin Boyle. It's the only idea I, I feel like the team's got. They're sort of void of ideas in terms of how to break teams down. Um, I don't feel like Motherwell came and sat in. They they sort of they always fancied themselves because they came and they gave us a good game. Like I said, they probably should have won it in my opinion. Uh, I know there's a lot of folk that disagree with that, but I, I was there. I watched the game and I thought Motherwell. If if they'd won it, I wouldn't have been complaining. Um, I just thought that they were they were different compared to like a Livingston or a St Mirren or something that's came Easter Road this day. And I was saying to one of my Jambo mates, it's really hard watching Hibs this year because teams that come Easter Road they just sit in. So they just sit back and defend. You've got 11 men behind the ball. And I think I thought that's where our frustration was coming from. That's where I thought Hibs were finding it really hard to break teams down. Um, because it is hard when they've got 11 men behind the ball. But Motherwell didn't do that. They came and they gave us a game and they were on the front foot, I felt, in that first half. Um, I felt like, like you said, flat. For Hibs were very flat. Uh, no urgency, no ideas, no no spark. Um, very flat. flat quite bowling. Um, there was nothing, certainly nothing to get excited about in that first half. For me, I just thought there was no standout players at all in the first half. We Campbell done all right. Uh, the young the young lad thought Campbell done all right. Um, but other than that, no, for me, there was uh, there wasn't much to cheer about, mate. Yeah. Are you similar think, or are you thinking different? I'm thinking different for the fact that, like, um, Motherwell should have won. To me, I think they came to play for the draw. That's what it looked like to me. And I know, they, and not in terms of the fact that they sat in, but just the, the way they were playing, Motherwell were like, well, we'd be happy to come away for here with a point. You know, that, yeah. was, I think that was all Motherwell's whole ethos when you've seen them playing. I think for me, Cadden stood out as well. Cadden looked quite lively in the game. Um, some of the service he was getting. Aye, he did. But Cal, uh, Cadden looked very, very lively. And young Josh Campbell was fantastic. I tell you, the lad, he's a credit to himself. <clears throat> Honestly, he's a fantastic young player. And, Getting experience and continuing the way he does, I, I think you know he he keeps getting the chances. He's becoming a top player for me, and he proved that again because you know he put in an excellent ball for the goal, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, I, I think for me it was yeah definitely very very flat from us. And when you play a team like Motherwell, you've just got to keep attacking. I've said it before, you know, change it up a bit. Boyle seems to be our only outball when we're coming out for the back. You know, Boyle seems to be our only outball. And when Boyle's, and I've said this so many times before, when Boyle's not having his best game, we don't seem to click. And yeah. that's bad. You can't be overly reliant on one player because one player doesn't make a team. You've got other players in there. And I think that's a big, big problem. And I don't think you can put that on the manager because at the end of the day, Jack Ross has got us set up He's wanting us to play a certain way. I think it's the guys on the park that view right. Martin Boyle that way. That's my view on it. But we'll I also we think, the goal. well, I'll just jump in, Jack. I was going to say to you, see, with the Boyle thing as well, I do agree with you. I do think, like, 
I think teams have sussed us out. Mm, and it's like, we, I said, if you go back a couple podcasts ago, from podcasts ago at the start of the season, I said, to be consistent this year and to get third place, we're going to have to be versatile. Like, we can't play the same way all the time because folk will catch on. Like, we've been sussed out, like, get the ball to boil. And it's always doing that right-hand side. First half, all the attack was coming to the right-hand side with boil. Second half, it was like we couldn't actually have a shot on goal or try and play some football if Boyle never got a touch of the ball. It was like he had to touch the ball before Ken we could actually yeah. do anything. And it's like teams have sussed that out and they just they just double team on, they just put two men on him. And somehow he still gets Ken 50, so sometimes he gets out yeah, but sometimes he gets the ball taken off him and they just eliminate us. But oh, exactly. Other than that, we've got no ideas. I did say we'd have to be versatile and difficult to beat like we'd need to have um I don't know just have more about us in terms of like the way we play like a few different styles because as I said teams have, have caught on to that and then you think for a sec- second that Celtic come they caught on to that with that cup final coming out they'll just mark boil at the game. Oh definitely. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a bit shaky, but you know sorry I'll just reiterate what I said mate because I was going to say to you like I Cadden Cadden was very good uh for me, Cadden is always in acres of space, um, and he's always looking for the ball as well. He's never he never hides. He's always on the touchline with just two arms up, like shouting on it and that. Like I like Cadden a lot. I think he's underrated. Mm, definitely, no. I I think Cadden's brilliant, and he, he should be getting that ball because yeah. if we changed it up a bit and put it to Cadden, we'd you don't know what's going to happen. But we'll quickly move on to the goal. Now, and of course, despite being very very flat, and I'd say this was almost against the run of play. Um, we go into the break ahead, thanks to Nisbet's but it's excellent strike. And that came mm. at just brilliant timing for us. We decided to go down for some half-time refreshments and got, okay. well, I think the best seat in the house for it, right at the front. It was like when you see the footage of it, the slow-mo footage of it on the telly. Excellent ball in from Josh Campbell. Nisbet, excellent strike. You go 1-0 up. Brilliant after what I'd say was a very, like we are saying, a very flat first half from us. So, Calvin, what were your thoughts on the goal? Oh, very surprised. Like you said, like I think I was looking forward to going down and getting a pie because it was going to be the most exciting thing that had happened so far in the game. But we're walking down the stairs and Hibs are sort of on the attack and you just see, I can't even describe the view we had. It was almost like Ken Lachie died and went to heaven and God gave you like a highlight of your life. And you could zoom in on certain parts, just like you just zoomed right in and we could see perfectly the ball coming over and him connecting with it now. So that was great. Um, I didn't. I obviously didn't see the angle of the ball in from um, Young Campbell. But looking back on sports scene and that, it's a very good cross. It was a very it good cross. A very good ball. Very creative. Um, we need to do more of that. We get the ball in the box, but it's the same ball all the time for me. Like Ken, as I said, like they get the ball to boil doing the wing. I mean, how many times did we slash it across the front of goals? On Saturday, and nobody was there to tap it in. Like, oh, it so get, the ball, get the ball in the middle of the box, have a shot. Uh, and Nisbet took it really well, really well. So I think it's probably maybe a goal of the season contender. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, you know, like I said, we're very, very lucky because I literally turned and said to you, wait a second, because Campbell had the ball out wide. And if he hadn't have done that, we would have went down for the pie and missed it. So I think we were very, very lucky, but I, it was brilliant. I think to me, it's like that Skybet advert when Jeff Sterling's sitting and he's got all the screens around him. I think Aye. it was like that. It was like that when you see 
it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so I, I, I think it was a brilliant goal. And of course, we go into the break and there was a bit of belief, but I knew we'd have to um, you know, really go for a second goal in the second half. So we'll talk about the second half <clears> now. So the second half, Hibs come out. Um, and I think we start off the better side. And we don't have any sort of urgency. And then we were sitting there saying, or you more specifically were sitting there saying, Motherwell are going to score. And on 60 minutes, who else but Tony Watt, who always seems to turn on his form against Hibs, um, puts the laces through it. I'd say a fantastic strike. It's in the back of the net, 1-1. Like I said, I do think it was a fantastic strike, but I'll get your thoughts on it first, Calvin. Do you think we could have done any better in that situation? Um, I'd need to see the goal back again, but I think think our defending this year has been pretty poor anyway. Uh, It has been. Letting Tony Watt have the ball in that type of area. There's only one place in the net. You could, the sad thing is, there's only one place in the net you could place it as well. So I think Macy had the other side of his goal cover. And, you know, he is looking at Hanlon and that in front of him uh, for a bit of support. And Paul McGinn as well. I think they're done too easily. And he literally places it in the only place it could go. So it's a fantastic goal. It's a really good strike. And Macy even said that after the match. But for me, it's predictable, man. I've said it to you. I say that to you, it's too predictable. I've seen things like that too many times, sitting back. So one of the things that's amazed me, especially against the Rangers game as well, the amount of times that their striker is running at us on goal, our centre-backs, and our centre-backs are running. So their striker's running, and our centre-backs are running backwards as he's running. Um, for me, centre-backs should stand tall and go towards the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, and try and yeah, win yeah. the ball. But it was just backing off, backing off, backing off, backing off. Uh, and obviously, it has a shot and it goes in. And it's like, well, what else? What did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, that was going to happen. Um, it was a good goal, but I it needs to be avoidable. We need to be tough to beat at home. I really thought that coming out second half, they were all right. They didn't, they, again, wasn't there anything to get you up off your seat? It was just all right. Uh, a lot of frustrating, a lot of possession, but a lot of frustrating passes, like a lot of sideways passes and backward passes and uh, passes back to the goalie and hoofs up the field. Um, it wasn't like, Ken, it, it wasn't like wave after wave of attack where you thought, wow, we've got to score here, like a second's coming, a second's coming. Because for me, we always need a second goal. Well, like, I, I won now, we're not used to anybody. I mean, as well as being now, now. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like there was no urgency like that. And you know, they scored and then they just shut up shop, really. Oh, they did. They did. And that's what I was, I think that comes back to my point about them playing for the draw, is as soon as they got 1-1, there wasn't any sort of intent from Motherwell to me to go and win the game. They just were like, well, we're happy to take a point for this. Now, one more thing that would, I'd like to do before we sort of talk about the closing stages of the game is, of course, at halftime, we got our first look at Chris <clears throat> Mueller, our new American sign-in. And I thought, I love these Derby comments. I've got to be honest, just for that little bit of him on the pitch, I already love him. Just that little, I, talk, had, that little talk he had with Barry, I absolutely love him. Um, so what did you think of Chris Mueller's um, introdu- uh, introducing of himself to uh, the Easter Road support? What did you think, mate? I, I, quite, I quite like the look of him. He looks like quite a cool guy. He looks like Ken... Um, he, I'll just pop him up on this. Yeah. He's like a cool guy. I hold him a bit, uh, obviously, since he's been in the MLS and all that. Um, 
so I, I, I've sort of obviously followed him on social media and that, and I quite like the way he sort of goes about his stuff and that. Uh, seems like a dead down to earth guy. Seems like he's uh, a very committed athlete. So not just a footballer. Like seems like a very committed athlete. Athlete. Um, for me, he seems like the right type of person you'd want in your team. Uh, and his comments about the derby. I mean, to be honest with you, I was half thinking, Chris, he must be thinking, what the hell have I done leaving Orlando coming here? Eh? Okay, I mean, like that's that's a one that's a one we ticket. No many folk would take. Uh, Definitely, that's for sure. But uh, no, I think that. Uh, Muller, he, he looks a player and some of his goals he's scored, he's very direct I noticed on uh, on his highlight reel and that, he's very direct um, and as we call it my Barry, it was kind of funny um, I like Barry uh, the, the stadium announcer when he says I'm going to pump the hearts and he said yeah yeah I'm looking forward, I got my eyes fixed on that match and that and you know hopefully he does get introduced and he gets a better run and makes himself uh, a derby hero would be class well, oh, mate, I like the look of him. I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to see him in the green and white. Yeah, well, he'd be following in the footsteps of his fellow Americans. Obviously, Jonathan Spector's a derby hero for coming on for his wee uh, couple of minutes. and Never lost a derby. And being, uh, being 100% record in the derby. And then, of course, Alexa Coyle scoring against Hearts as well. Right. So he'd be following in the footsteps of his fellow Americans if he does do that. So hopefully um, Chris can do what Alexa did. That would be very nice. Thank you, Chris. So we'll go back into talking about the game. And again, the game ends up petering out. Uh, Hibs had several chances, but we couldn't put them away. Uh, I think some of them were a bit unfortunate. Uh, there was one to me that looked to be over the line. I think it was, uh, well, uh, it could have been Nisbet. Remember the one that I rattled off the Campbell, bat? I think. Yeah. Um, I think Campbell hit it. It might have been Campbell. It was either Campbell or Nisbet. And it hit off the bar. And I'm sure that, dropped and went over the line but of course we don't have Hawkeye in Scotland um, or we don't have, we don't have goal line technology where the referee gets it on his watch whether that's in or not so it, it's just an unfortunate one we'll never know we'll never know with that one because we don't have the technology for that yet in Scottish football but hopefully that's something that gets implemented along with VAR uh, we just had a few like you were talking about that flashed across the mouth of the goal mouth and there was nobody um, to tap it in and then we had a few where they came off the post as well then I just think, you know, for me, I'll get your thoughts on this in a minute, Calvin, but it's like there was a magnet on that right side of the pitch that always had to go down there. And it goes back to what I was saying about Boyle seems to be our only outball right now. It, it was so annoying for me. It was so frustrating to watch that we had Cadden and miles and miles of space. You had midfielders like Newell and miles and miles of space. And we just kept pumping it up the park to Boyle. And Motherwell knew that. It got to the point where every time Macy kicked it out for the back or Hanlon kicked it out for the back, you knew where it was going. And it just got so predictable. So, Calvin, what were your thoughts on that? I think it was just all bark and no bite from Hibs. Um, that's sort of how I would sum it up. A lot of noise, but in the end result, a lot of, oh, half chances across the box. Oh, another half chance. Oh, just missed that in. Oh, just missed this in. It's like, just put the ball in the net. My God. It, the thing is, for me, it was like, honestly, it is like rolling back the years to the Fenlin-esque, Butcher-esque football. And listen, I'm no... I'll, 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 get, I'll get butchered for this, and I'm no bothered. But I used to go watch Hibs, and they'd get to the edge of the box, and it would be... What did we do? A better pass left. A better pass right. A better pass back. 
nobody in that team is willing to just take out the edge of the box and have a crack. Exactly. That's what I want to see. You want to see it, exactly. Because I think you can look at it, and it's like what I said um, about Malin mm-hmm. when we reviewed the Rangers game, is Malin would take them on. And you You're right, mate. You're it right. Take, it could take a deflection and go in as an own goal. It could go out for a corner, whatever. It, you just got to try. And that's the thing. You don't know if you don't try. It's, a, it's an expression you can apply to just about anything. But Kat, the one that really <clears> frustrated me was Newell. He, he had it on the edge of the D, plenty of space, and then he passes it out to Murphy. Take the shot on, Newell, man. They, they, we call you the Tamworth Perlow. Well, that isn't very Perlow-esque, mate, is it? But I, I think that was the most frustrating thing. And I'm not usually, as most people that follow me will know, I'm not usually one to be like this. You know, I usually try and look for the good because at the end of the day, I think to me, in my own personal opinion, that's what being a fan's about. But I just, it is beginning to get really frustrating because I'd rather we just, you know, take, took it on and were more adventurous. And I'm not saying punt it from your own half and just hope. That's just silly. Yeah. Because a lot of people think Malin got lucky, but Malin was clever. He would always, you notice how there would always be loads and loads of space. Malin knew to shoot, when to shoot. It wasn't a case of he'd done it by accident. A lot of Malin's goals were planned, if you see what I mean. You know, he, yeah, no. he had the opportunity. And we need a player like that. And I've been saying it since we let Stevie Malin go, and a lot of people didn't like him. I think Malin, at the end of the day, he scored some fantastic goals, and we need a midfielder like that because you can't just rely on your wingers and your strikers for goals. You've got yeah. to have a few goal-scoring midfielders in there as well. I think we're too defensive. I think the two centre cent- mid that we've got, Joe Newell and Jake Doyle Hayes, are too defensive for me. We've moved away from this era of having fantastic football players like Liam Henderson, John McGinn, Scott Allen in his prime um, Dylan McGeoch, people that can get the ball done, beat a man and go forward and create something. Exactly. Now what we've got is win the ball back and then pass it out wide, get to someone else. There's no driving forward for me. Uh, that That's what that's what I think is most infuriating. We went from this team that was like very creative and very attacking to now this team where it's like like a puppy in a way. It's like very... It's very docile and it's very, um, there's, there's no bite, there's no grit. It's very much just win the ball back. It's very much yeah, I've almost possession-based possession and there's no, not for me, the, the, the folk in the middle of the park, they're no, they're no, it's not my type of team. It's not what I like. I like people that can play fit, get the ball down, pick out a nice pass, uh, create a few things, come be creative. Or what, what do the feet work to get out of tight situations and that I just don't feel like we have that. I don't don't feel like we have that. I feel like Jake Doyle Hayes and that there's as good as they are at what they do. And Newell, for me, they just win the ball back. They're very good at winning the ball back, but they're too similar. You need to yeah, have I mean, like for me, I don't box to box midfielders. You know what I mean? You, 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 uh, need, to, you need to change it up. And you I need think a ball winner and a creative player. Yeah, like exactly. A Bartley, a hard man, McGinn, yeah. a creative guy. Or if you want to do it vice versa and you play McGinn, McGinn can be a hard man. Well, exactly. Or Allen playing or Henderson mm-hmm. or McGeoch playing. Like, we don't have that for me. Yeah, I think for me, I completely agree with you. <clears throat> I think JDH, for me, if he had a hard man like Gogic next to him, he would, could play in his more natural role. Because to me, JDH is a box-to-box midfielder. He's not necessarily a defensive midfielder, but he's been forced to play that role because obviously 
he's playing alongside Newell, who again is the same, too similar of a player for me. Yeah. So I think JDH's potential there, once we get McGinnis back fully fit, I think that'll sort of alleviate some of those problems. Yeah, because he's fair. For me, I think, wait, wait, again, when he's fit, I mean, I don't know what's the situation with Halberg is at all, but I quite like Halberg. He's finished, finished, man. He's no, why is he knowing about the team and fighting for I think it was a really bad injury that he got, as far as I know. Like, it was, it's potentially ending, I think. right. I think Halberg was good. Remember him against Dundee United in the Scottish Cup semi-final last season? Aye. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I think if you had a player like Halberg or Gogic and then you had JDH or McGuinness, or even JDH with McGuinness, you're going to get more out of that midfield, I feel. So it, it, it remains to be seen. But we'll move on and we'll talk about the subs. And I think for me, yet again, Scott Allen, I, wouldn't talk, I think the other two changes were right. I think Murphy and Dodge, for me, that was a correct um, substitute. We'll focus on Scott yeah. Allen. <clears throat> Scott Allen came in. He came in about 15, 20 minutes too late for me. That game, came in with six crying out for Scott Allen for me. Well, I don't, I don't get any of the subs. I don't get the timing of the subs. I don't understand why. Was it Doidge you brought on first? Yeah, it was, yeah, was Doidge, Murphy, then Allen. So he brought, he brought Doidge on, singular sub, brought Doidge on. And about three minutes later, genuinely about three minutes later, he stopped the game again and he brought Murphy on. I Why is he was, making those subs at the same time? I know that it was a thing about, but for me, they were the right. I was not, I was not arguing with him. I think the 1-1, you brought on two attacking players. No, I, I know. I was happy with that. It was we, the Scott Allen one for me. And I'm not questioning, because at the end of the day, I'm not the coach with the UEFA licence. So, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sort of go as far as to question tactics and like that. But I think Allen, that's the only thing I'll say against Jack Ross right now, is Allen, he needs to be coming into games sooner. Levy's an example. We won the up against Levy, we were toiling. You bring Allen on, he does that back heel for Boyle, 2-0. And I think we instantly get yep. a bit more, I've said this so many times before, we instantly get a bit of get up and go when Allen comes on, just instantly. When Allen comes on, we yep. have a spark. Bringing him on with eight minutes to go, when you know Motherwell are just going to park the bus, is not you're asking a lot of them. You're asking them a lot again. I'm six minutes to eight minutes. I think it was six minutes. Eight minutes to, to do something. What's he going to do with that? It's just too he short. Can't, he can't be a player like that. I mean, I think, and that's that's the problem. So I, I think for me, Alan, he needs to be getting introduced more. Right, I, we brought him on at the right time against Levy. We brought one against the right time <clears> against <throat> Johnston. Those were two games that we were struggling in. Yeah. And he's went and effectively sealed us the three points. So I think that Allen <clears throat> needs to be getting included in the team a lot more. Yeah. I guess I would have started them against Motherwell. Uh, young Campbell was fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to um, do Campbell then at all. He was brilliant. But then you could do a sort of 4-2-4 where you've got the two attacking midfielders. You could Campbell and um, Allen as well to sort of change it up a bit. So I don't know, but I think... I, well, I've said this so many times before <clears> as well. You've got to factor in Alan's fitness into this as well, because of his heart condition and his diabetes. You've I know, but if he can't get if he can't give you twenty minutes, then I didn't understand that because he went he went on loan to Inverness last year and he played every game. You do you just you don't know what's going on behind the scenes though. That's the problem. Well, you've got a point, but we're no me. medical experts, nor were we have the coaches. I think that's my point there. But it remains to be seen. I think Alan, that's a game that was crying out for him to start. Um, that's very seldom. I think I'll say that because I think. I agree that he's more of an impact sub these days. But that game's kind of for him to start. But we'll move on 
to the last point before we talk about Livingston. <clears throat> and for me, very frustrating afternoon. Uh, and just before I talk, get your thoughts on that, here's a stat. Hibs haven't beaten Motherwell at home in the league. We've obviously beaten them in the Cup since Jack Ross's first game in charge. Um, if you remember that, that was the 3-1 win. Last season, we drew 0-0 and then got beat 2-0 by them. And then we beat them in the Cup, but that wasn't um, league football. So our, our Motherwell, sorry, becoming a wee bit of a bogey team for us, Calvin. What do you think? At home. A bit like St Johnston were. For me, I think it's taking that sort of similar pattern where we always it's always like they get an equaliser, they win. I think it's becoming like St Johnston used to be for us at home with Motherwell. Mm. I think everybody's our bogey team. <laughs> I think everybody's our going right now, right? I think for me, um, uh, I'm not sure I wouldn't have done it too much because I, I can't really think of Motherwell has been a team we usually have that much trouble with. Usually close competitive games, but they are. I think the difference was last year, that's a game I think we would have won at home, home to Motherwell. The 0 0 or both of them, like the, the one we no, no, I'm just saying, like, that, like, if we got Motherwell as they were on <clears> Saturday, <throat> but it was last season, I, I agree with you, I think we would have won. I just feel that's a team like we were really good last year at beating teams around us, like Aberdeen, Dundee United. And that's why we got other wells, things like that. That was the difference. This year, we're yeah. not doing that, and it's shown in the league table. It's definitely the table doesn't lie. So, I'll get your point about do you think it's a frustrating? Do you think it was a frustrating afternoon? I mean, I don't think that's that question basically answers itself, but go ahead and ask anyway. Do you think that was a frustrating afternoon, mate? Yes. Yeah, but I think very frustrating. I was very, frustrated very frustrating. Came away just thinking. It's for me, it was again. For me, like my attitude is, and again, Folk will call me a happy clapper or whatever, but I think you know at least at least we didn't lose because we deserved it points in that game. But I do think for me that it's a case of it's a case of two points dropped. I mean, it's a game we should be getting all three points out of. So we'll move on to the Livingston preview. Of course, we're travelling through to the Spaghetti Had on Wednesday night. This is one of the COVID postponed games. So our last meeting with the West Lothian side was a Hibs victory, a 2-0 win at Easter Road. Are we confident heading into the game? Calvin, I'll come to you first. Uh, i got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not sure. I think Livingston are a tricky team Wednesday night. Livingston, I've not seen anything for the team that would suggest that they would win this one comfortably. I must admit that. Um, yeah, I think you can hear in my voice, I'm starting to lose a bit of patience with the team. Uh, like... I mean, has he got to play the same team again? Has he got to do the same starting eleven again? That same team? He's probably got to have to start Dodge. He's probably got to have to maybe rest a few folk. I mean, I don't see him playing that team again this weekend. I mean, you've got Livingston and St Mirren, probably arguably two of the easiest games in the league coming up the next two games, you'd think, uh, without being disrespectful. But you would think that was two fixtures that you could probably rest players for, like, with a final in mind. Um but I, I can't say I'm, I'm overly confident now. Nah, I'm, I'm very uncertain. I'm unsure as to what, 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 who's going to turn up because Livingston can be quite a tough team. I thought when we played them at Easter Road, it was quite a quite a close match. Although we won 2-0, I did feel like they, they, they sat back with 11 men behind the ball. And I just think we really struggled to break that down. We did. We really did struggle to break that down. I think for me, I am confident. I think this is a game that we're capable of winning. But then at the same time, it's it's, it's a half and half for me. 
is half of me is saying, okay, yeah, it's a game we can win. And actually, they've given what's quite, and I, I hate admitting this, but we've got to, they've given what is quite a decent heart side, a, good, a really good one for the money. If it wasn't it for Craig Norton, Levy could have got a very different result out of that game. You know, Hearts, uh, Hearts struggled, and a lot of my Jambo mates were saying that, that Hearts really did struggle. And if it wasn't for Gordon, Levy could have been in the lead. Well, you know, a lot of my game. Hearts mates have said that they, they, they'd be scared to think where they would be in the league without Craig Gordon this year. Well, there you go, eh? But, you know, I, think I, he's think one of the, I think he's the best goalie in the league. Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough game. But I, I am still slightly confident, and maybe this is the happy hippie in me talking, that's slowly dying at this point. But um, I think, it, I, I, I am confident that we'll get a win. So, Calvin, what do we need to do to beat Livingston? Okay, it's going to sound, sound cheeky, mate, but genuinely, just put the ball in the back of the net. We, no, I can't we, add it. We play semi-good football. It's not It's not too exciting for me personally. I mean, there's a lot of passiveness. Passing left, passing right, doing the side, crossing into the box. We're crossing into the box to Nisbet, who's probably not even six foot. Um, have a shot. We've been yeah. saying this. Um, I think that's quite frustrating uh, that we don't do that. We need to see more of that. We're seeing a lot of decent football, a lot of decent movement, but there's no end product. We need an end product. We need goals. We need we need points on the board. That's what we need. I just I know feel I know feeling the love right now. I'm feeling a bit a bit agitated with them. Yeah, I think I can. I obviously like I, again as people know, I didn't really you know I, yeah. I I get a bit annoyed with it, but I didn't really get the point where like I'm going oh go away hubs or whatever. Um, but uh, it's no doing it, it's no doing it, it's no exactly. I think it's just like I, I can I can separate the two. Yeah, but exactly. That's it for me. But everything's better when they're winning, Jack. Exactly. Well, exactly, and that's see for me, I appreciate it more when we win because I've suffered when we've not been playing so well. Whilst I think, you know, I, I'm not going to jump on this overly too much, but I think some of our support base is just getting to the point where they're building their business. Of Hibs losing, they can't wait for us to drop points or lose so they can get a few likes on social media. That's what I've been noticing with a lot of people. I think, you know, the team the team needs us. When the team's down is when they need us as fans the most. And I think that's a, a thing that a lot of folk need to get their heads around. And the older element of the Hibs support, they, they're fully on board with that. You know, guys that have seen a lot worse than this. You know, so I, I, I think it's a bit of getting perspective as well. But, I, I'm, you know, that's not for me to say everybody has a right to their own opinion. But in my view is, you know, you've got to separate the two because at the end of the day, you always love your team, you always back your team. Hibs could be in the Lowland League and I'd still they could be in the East of Scotland Amateurs League and I'd still support them. It's as simple as that. So yeah. we'll move on. Now, and um, oh, how should we line up, Calvin? Well, that's what I'm saying to you, mate. I'm not sure. I'm, 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 it's not one of my strong points predicting the starting eleven. Um I would suggest that he'd probably make a few changes. Um, for me, probably in the centre mid, he can't really play with the back five that much. Obviously, the goalie's got to be the goalie. You've got to have Doig, um, Hanlon, uh, Porteous and McGinn. Um, they could see, I, we'd probably got to have to drop Cadden and start Murphy, <clears throat> so we're more attacking. I'd probably, I'd probably drop Campbell, Jake Doyle. I'd probably drop Campbell 
Although he's been our best player, it's a bit of shan, but just because he's been playing a bit much recently, I dare want him. I dare want him. And I'd start Scott Allen, and I, I, I'd go attacking. I'd, yeah. I'd attack them, because we're a, better, we're a better team than Livingston. Do you know what I mean? We can't know be a better team than Livingston. Uh, we need to go there and show them that. We need to go there. We need to, we need to go at them. Uh, I think you have one creative player in the middle of the field in Scott Allen, and you have a defensive player in Jake Doyle Hayes. And you, I would even... I would, can you fit Dodge and Nisbet up front? I'd put they two up front. Um, yeah. I'd, that's fine, that's 12 players. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, probably, I I'd change the formation, but I'd go 4 4 2. I'd go left back, Doig, Porteous, Hanlon, McGinn, uh, Boyle, right mid, Murphy, left mid. I'd go Scott Allen and Jake Doyle Hayes, maybe in a diamond. Uh, and I'd have Dodge and Nisbet up front and I'd just go for it, change it up a bit, be versatile. Uh, yeah. And it leaves you a wee bit on the bench. Bench is pretty weak this year anyway. It is. I think it's. we've talked about that on here before. The bench is very weak. I'm, I'm going to say my line-up then. It sort of feeds into what I was going to say about what we need mm-hmm. to do to beat Livingston. <clears throat> I'm going to stick with 3-5-2, but make it attacking. Like I said, I keep saying it. I'm a big advocate of the 3-5-2, but I think we should be playing the 3-5-2 in terms of style of it, like we did in the semi-final, which I don't know, like, I, I'm, I, I'm st- it baffles me as to where we pulled that out from. I want to see more of it. Like, see, when I was watching that, I was like, who are you and what are you done with Hibs? Like, this isn't the Hibs, what are we doing here um, in that semi-final? So I'm going to say, I, I'm going to go Dodge and Nisbet up top. Then I'm going to go Murphy and Boyle out wide. So I'm going to put three at the back. I'm not going to have a five at the back. You have Murphy and Boyle out wide. Your three midfielders, Scotty Allen, Josh Campbell, and Jake Doyle Hayes. So I'd drop Newell out. Then you're three at the back, and I know a lot of folk will go, but uh, Doig, I think you're three at the back, Porteous, Hanlon, McGinn, and then Macy and Goal, obviously. That's that's my start 11, because that's really, that's attacking football right there. And I know it would be, sound a bit silly to drop Josh Doig, but I think... you got to sacrifice somebody to get a, a bit more attacking. Or even play Doig in the advanced role. Drop Murphy and play Doig in the advanced role. Then he play him as a fullback, play him as a wide midfielder. Because he's capable of it. We've seen it before. So I think you get a lot out of Doig in that um, setup as well. I uh, uh, Both teams sound quite good to me, mate. There's something yeah. to change, though. So, like I was uh, saying... Because... I, I just that feeds into what I was saying about how we can beat Levy, is if we go attacking, Levy... They play nasty defensive football 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. But if they get ran at, they don't like it. I've see, seen that when they played um, Hearts. Hearts ran at them. Hearts just constantly chip away, chip away, chip away. And eventually, you'll find an opening and you'll get something. So I think that that's, for me, why I'd go a really attacking 3-5-2 and not have a five at the back because you just keep attacking Levy, battering away at them and eventually they'll, they'll make a mistake, they'll put a foot wrong and we'll get the good chance and we'll score. So that's my view on it. So we'll move on very, very quickly and we'll get some score predictions for this game. Calvin, what's your score prediction? 1-0 Hibs. 1-0 Hibs. Um, Deutsch. You've, you've stole mine now, because I was going to say 1-0. Right, OK, I'm going to up the stakes here. I'm going to say 2-0, Hibs. I'm going to say Dodge and Boiler getting the goals. So, Hope you're right, mate. 
so yeah, I hope I hope I'm right. I mean, I, I'm this has been quite a, for both the men's and the women's teams. I've predicted big scores, and it doesn't usually come off. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed it can happen this time. So we'll move on to our last segment for today, and that <coughs> is get in the bucket. So as always, it is time for the hat to come out. The infamous bucket hat that might be making a trip to Tiny for the women's derby. You'll just have to wait and find out. So, Calvin, what's getting in the bucket for you, mate? What's getting in the bucket for me? Um, uh, it's got to sound bad, but the hip social media team, mate, I'm getting a wee bit, a wee bit... Uh, uh, just because they got a wee bit egg on their face with the, the Motherwell one. See, when Livy done, done them rotten, man, they said, um, who we playing today? And someone wrote Motherwell, and she wrote, yeah, she's great, thanks. And Livy called and said, uh, Livy said, oh, 1985 have called or something, or whatever it is, and they want their partner back. And then today, Hibs posted the, in the advent calendar, uh, day six, Marvin Bart picture of Marvin Bartley, and Livingston have retweeted that, re- quote, re- quote, retweeted that and said, um, Hi, hi, Bernie. Like, um, why don't you use your own number six or something like that and stop living in 2016? And it was a picture of Paul McGinn. I think <laughs> I have stuff that, that feeds into what can I get in the bucket for me. Which what can I, get in the bucket for me is uh, <clears throat> Livy, or should I say, Meadowbank Thistle or Ferranti Thistle trying to banter us. Now, I thought the first one with Motherwell was actually quite funny. I'm talking about the Bartley one, right? So, we're going to break down some Bartley statistics here. Number of trophies won with Hibs with, when Bartley played for us, one Scottish Cup. And you can count, I suppose you can count the championship as well. So two, I too get it in there. Number number <laughs> of trophies won with Livingston, zero. How many times did Bartley play European football with Hibs? Twice after we won the Cup. And then, of course, the season with Lennon when we came fourth as well. How many times have you played European football with Levy? No time. So thank you and good night. So Levy trying to banter us can get in the bucket for me when you're in a relevant club with hardly any fans that is basically a Scottish version of MK Dons because he's used to be Meadowbank Thistle he's got moved through to Livingston you know he's a Meadowbank Thistle he's just a Meadowbank Thistle tribute act that's what I've got to say to that so yeah Levy trying to banter us can get in the bucket oh that's better wrong words but I'm loving it we we made but we made Bartley we made Bartley yes we did that that's one thing we, we made Bartley die. Do you know what the funny thing is? If Bartley had to choose between us and them, he'd choose us every day of the oh, week. He's, he's Hibs AF, Bartley. He's more Hibs AF than me. Ah, um, yeah. He's got, he's got two bucket hats. Yeah, exactly. But Bartley's got two bucket hats everything. Bar- Bartley's, Bartley's got the 1991 home shirt, mate. <laughs> he's got the 1991 home shirt. issue with Bartley six in the back. Yeah, exactly. And he's got he's got the Do We Look Cappy t-shirt as well. I can. Oh, um, <laughs> on that note, that as they'd say on Top Gear, on that bombshell... Um, that concludes our episode for this week. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to us again and putting up with me again. Um, I know it's a chore for some people sometimes <laughs> to listen to me. Um, some of the nonsense I come away with, but it's much appreciated. Um, thank you to Calvin for joining me this week. Top man, mate. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed chatting with you and getting my frustrations out. Yeah. I can a lot of frustrations we have. So remember, folks, still tickets available for the Women's Derby for collection and delivery. So get yourselves along to that. And all that's left to be said is glory, glory to the high bees, and we'll see you next time. Hey.